Welcome into the DNR College Football Report through 107.7 The Franchise. Mr. Reeves Mitchell, Mr. Dave Myrick of The Franchise. Reeves, we uh, watched Oklahoma-Kansas this weekend. Oklahoma Falls in Lawrence uh, to the Jayhawks for the first time since, well, the 90s. That's now a couple things that Brent is notorious with. Uh, <clears throat> dating back to the 90s, that's not good. The first losing season since the 90s, losing to Kansas the first time since the 90s. A lot of firsts that he, he probably doesn't want to be a part of. Yeah, it was just an ugly day overall for the OU football program down there in Lawrence. Dave, it was the first game this year I had to miss, and maybe that was the reason the Sanders didn't play so well. But, man, the weather was funky that game. There's a lot of weird things that happened on the field. I mean, OU came out flat in that game, let's just be honest. Going down 14-0 in the snap of a finger, basically. Not the way you want to start a football game, especially on the road in a tough environment like Kansas has become. I mean, Dave, you can point to so many things in this game that went wrong. The pick six, to me, kind of set the tone to start that, hey, Kansas is really going to compete in this game. And OU, you know, obviously Kansas has not won this game since 97, but OU is not going to roll them over on this Saturday. So, I mean, it was a very interesting game to me, but... I see the way that OU can fix things. You know, there's a lot of fixable things on offense. There's a lot of fixable things on defense. But you're going to have to get everyone to buy in. And Dave, heading into Stillwater this week, 2.30 on ABC. OU's about a a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Man, the Pokes have been playing with their heads on fire. It's not the best spot in my mind for OU after dropping a game like this. But, you know... We're going to go to practice this week, and we're going to see what the coaches and players are saying, how they're going to fix, you know, what just took place on Saturday. Yeah, Reeves, and we'll, we'll dive more into the, the Bedlam matchup when we do pick'ems and stuff this week. I know that we got Dave Hunsecker lined up for a really good show, but uh, yeah, I'm with you on the offense and defense, man. It was just, it was a weird day in Lawrence. You know, it starts off with a pick six, and you're like, okay, that's giving a home team underdog. What you don't want to give them hope that uh, yep. they're, they're going to be in this. That gets the crowd riled up. It was a, a very auspicious start. Uh, then you throw on a weather delay, uh, some hinky stuff that happened, and, uh, and a few injuries here and there. I'll tell you what, special teams under Coach Jay Nunez, I hate to call somebody out, they, they're not good, Reeves. It, uh, they almost cost the game against the Longhorns in Dallas. I, ha- I have a feeling it played into this losing you know, against Kansas, man. You... The most important punt of the season, it came with, you know, two minutes and 30 seconds left to pin Kansas deep and make them drive the length of the field. And uh, the gunners go directly to the punt return guy, which you're not supposed to do on a pooch punt. It bounces at the five-yard line and goes in the end zone, and Oklahoma gains about 12 yards of field position. And the rest is history. Uh, You know, we can jump back and dissect a whole lot of stuff that happened before that. Uh, The drive, you know, before the punt was horrible. Uh, in my opinion, there is a lot of people bashing Jeff Levy, uh, maybe rightfully so, even though they've got a ton of injuries to skill guys. But, dude, I think that was a defensive-minded head coach saying, hey, we're going to be conservative here. I trust my defense. I trust my punter to pin them deep, uh, neither of which worked, Reeves. And I think that uh, having a healthy walker in that spot probably would have been beneficial, but, man, you have a Heisman Trophy winner or Heisman Trophy candidate, fifth-year senior quarterback. That's why you have that guy for those situations, and to not trust him 
to get 10 yards and win the game to me is crazy. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a lot of great points there. If you look at Dylan Gabriel's stats for the day, Dave, 19 passes on the day, man, mm. for someone that was third, fourth, fifth in the Heisman race, wherever you want to get your odds online. But holy cow, only 19 passes for him. And again, people are going to allude to the weather. It was a very rainy and wet day out there. I mean, receivers were not breaking off their routes very well. There didn't seem to be much chemistry out there. But still, Dave, it seemed like OU just kept going back to what was not working. And a lot of the run game for most of the day was not working. Tawi Walker, you're right. He did find, you know, some really good runs in the middle of that game, kind of, and, you know, put OU on the board a couple times. But, man, it was just almost, you know, very concerning to watch them do the same thing many, many drives in a row and really not te- – or you know, throw the ball down the field at all, test the Kansas secondary. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until the very final drive of the game where, you know, Dylan throws up a prayer to Brandon Thompson on the sideline and the prayer's answered, but it just makes you wonder if they had tried some of those one-on-one opportunities earlier in the game, would we be, you know, talking about a different narrative after this game right now? Well, Reeves, and it's not like, you know, we've had games this year to where I see why they don't dial it up, where teams have kept... Uh, two high safeties and, and a light box. Kansas was daring Oklahoma to throw it deep. I mean, they loaded the box. Their safeties, I mean, were coming downhill on every single snap. And still, we did not see it. Now, look, these coaches aren't dumb. Jeff Lebby isn't a moron. Brent's not stupid. There was a reason they didn't try it. Is it the, is it the receivers? Since Anthony is out, do they not have somebody that can win deep? What What is going on there? Let's also talk about the running backs, man. Yeah. Walker goes out, and they're screwed. That should not be the case. You go back and look at the recruits Oklahoma has at running back. What is going on with the running back room, Reeves, to where they lose a walk-on and they're screwed? It's just a very interesting development this year. I mean, the rotation has not made sense all year in our minds. I mean, Dave, we and we've... We've said this so many times this year. We keep going back to this, but you and I expected it to be a Barnes-Sawchuck 1-2 tandem going into this year. Javante Barnes is the least ran running back in that room right now. Gavin Sawchuck is behind him. And don't get me wrong, I did not I did not know about Tolly Walker's skill and strength going into the year. I was not aware how, you know, how well he's able to break tackles. I mean, he's a guy that has to get carries. But it's just mind-boggling how you can't get any of these other running backs going, especially in that Cheez-It Bowl when Barnes and Sawchuck had very productive days versus that Florida State front, who's regarded as one of the best in the country. Oh, you ran all over him that day. With a patchwork offensive line. That day. And then it's like you get to a game that's rainy and you got to muddy the game up, and OU doesn't know what to do. Right. It's just very frustrating, and they've got to find some kind of consistent running game. And I know they did for points in that game, but Dave, what you got to go into the rotating of the offensive line because that's <laughs> about as frustrating as the rotating at running back is currently. Reeves, I don't know, and I'm hoping to to maybe ask Brent tomorrow or somebody ask what is going on there. I'm I'm kind of hoping there's a reason for it. Maybe they're they're trying to use it like D line depth to where you bring in fresh bodies. 
if that's the, the case and they know what they're doing, okay, great. Even though that that flies in the face of everything we know about offensive line play, right? You need the same start, starting five to play together over and over and over to finally get something. Well, they found something. Before the delay, they, they got two drives of, of 55 and 75 yards with a rotation that had Sexton and Green on the left side. I mean, they own the line of scrimmage. They established the run. Reeves, they come out of halftime and try something else and go scoreless the third quarter. Why are they switching the offensive line, barring injury, all right? If there are injuries, they they got to do what they got to do. If there aren't, I don't understand any aspect of that rotation this late in the season. It really doesn't make sense. I mean, when you look into offensive lines, most successful ones, it's five to six guys at max, you know, rotating. Maybe one guy you're rotating in to a certain position to your weakest spot on the O-line. But, man, when you're changing the whole left side of the line consistently every possession, yeah, it's just throwing off the rhythm, any kind of rhythm you've built. And, Dave, there was two drives in a row in that game where OU had touchdown drives, majority running the ball. And then out of halftime, what do they do? They go out of it. And it was about two turnovers and a punt. So, I mean, it's just very – I, I just don't know what the goal is behind all the rotating at the offensive line. I don't either. Because you're not going to find multiple pairings that work, you know? Usually it's just one pairing you find throughout a year, and you're like, yeah, let's stick with it. It's working. But rather, it's like they're still being experimental. But we don't have many games left in the regular season. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, dude, we talked the first few weeks with, with Randy on the show. And look, we all know Bill Biedenboe. One, two, maybe three games into the year. Yeah, he's still trying to find the right five. Not seven to eight games in. That's death. And that's what we saw Saturday. There's no consistency. You're not going to find consistency in the running game if you are rotating bodies on the offensive line every series. I don't know what's behind it. Again, barring injury, I have no idea what to tell you on it. I, I don't I don't agree with it. It doesn't work, obviously. And I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing with the running backs. I want to jump back to running back, man, because that room is bad. And DeMarco Murray is doing a really good job on the recruiting trail. Now, developing the talent that, that he's recruiting, maybe that needs to come under some scrutiny, Reeves, because this is uh, you know, two years in a row where Oklahoma needed a, a transfer from Tennessee last year that, that kind of you know outperformed everybody else when they, they kind of got lucky to get them in. Let's call it like it is. This year, they're dependent on a walk-on. What is going on with the running backs in Norm? What's going on with Coach Murray? Let, you know, maybe there are some more things beyond just saying, oh, Jeff Levy sucks. There, there are things around that, I, I think, that are making it very challenging for Jeff Levy. No, he did not call the best game. Uh, but, no, he's ultimately not in charge of the, the game plan as it comes down to it either. So there's that. Yeah, it's just a very interesting development. I mean, Dave, there was problems with the offense and the defense on Saturday. But I will say, I thought the offense was more concerning because the defense won the game. Yes. yes. They got the turnover. Yes. They got the turnover to win the game. And, you know, the offense, all you need to do is that one first down, and the play calling was just nothing, essentially. So, very mind-boggling to me. Uh, you know, why the Sooners wouldn't open up the playbook a little bit there. And I know Brent is a defensive first coach. Right. He's going to trust his defense in every scenario. So punting the ball there is fine to him in his head. I get it. But, man, 
you really have an opportunity there to put the game away. You're not able to do it. It's it's very frustrating. And Dave, there's a lot to clean up heading into Bedlam on Saturday because OSU is one of the hottest teams in the country. Oh, Reeves, these teams right now are going opposite directions. Oklahoma, for whatever reason, since Texas, and maybe there was too much of an onus put on that win. I, I will say even. Even around the program, you know, with the, with the videos still still pumping those out, you know, I was kind of telling people I was talking to about it. Stop doing that. That game is over. It's just a conference game. When you boil it all down, that's all that game is, and it's done. They need to, <laughs> if they're going to reach their goals, they can't be looking in the rear view. And I think it's human nature. They're still playing a little hungover. I read a tweet from Dean Blevins where he said that the physicality and and toughness has not been the same since Cotton Bowl. He's right. Uh, the defense is not taking the fight to the offense like they did the first part of the year. And instead, we saw Kansas punch the OU defense. Now, I 1,000% agree. The, the defense won that game. That's the stop you need. That's it. You, you get 10 yards, you take three knees, you get on the bus, and you're still undefeated. Did not happen. And, and what we're talking about with the offensive line rotation and the running backs not performing, all plays in to why they lost, but still reads a very winnable game they let slip through their fingers in Lawrence. It was, and it's one they're going to look back on at the end of the year and be really frustrating to like get away, especially if it turns into a spiral effect right now. And this, you know, because we were talking about it over the weekend, Dave, could this turn into what happened last year, mm-hmm. you know, in a certain extent where one game was really the domino falling over and it causes all the other dominoes to fall. So we will see. I mean, again, this is not the best spot you want to be in <laughs> facing the Oklahoma State Cowboys who are out for blood, yep. especially against the Sooners. OU on their way to the SEC. OSU feels spurned by the move. Yep. Rightfully so. But, man, they're going to be out for blood. I mean, just go look at the tickets on SeatGeek for that game if you want to have any idea of how hyped that fan base is and the team is for the game. You can't get into the stadium for less than $350. Dave, I can't remember another bedlam that was that way, especially in Stillwater. No, Reeves, you hit the nail on the head, man. This is OSU uh, feels spurned, but yeah, due to the move, you could feel it at media days. Both you and I were down there. There's a lot of tension when, when Mike Gundy was asked about it. Uh, we know that the OSU AD is not thrilled with Oklahoma. None, none of the Big 12 ADs are, but Oklahoma State took it more personal than the rest, obviously, you know, being in-state, and this is the last bedlam for I don't know how long, Reeves. It's going to take a while for the programs to kind of calm down and maybe reach an agreement. Uh, if they don't meet in a bowl game, it's going to be years and years. So, I mean, yeah, everybody's wanting to win this last one. Oklahoma State gets to host it. And they're playing about as well as any team in the country. I'm shocked they were not ranked this week. I assume they're, they're right there near the top 25. But, yeah, a lot of motivation for the Cowboys. And Oklahoma uh, is going to be limping in off the first loss of the year. And, look, this is up to the staff right now. They have a, a chance to avoid last year's collapse because Kansas State came in after a hot start, beat OU, and that started the, the downhill spiral. This staff has their hands full this week to make sure that does not happen again, Reeves. Yeah, and Dave, let's be honest. OU was flat out out-coached on Saturday. No doubt. Lance Leipold had a hell of a game plan, and the, the bye week they had before this game – really paid dividends to them because you could tell that Coach Leipold, I mean, Dave, just think about their offensive creativity compared to OU's on Saturday. Mm-hmm. All the motions, all the misdirections, everything. And I know OU and Kansas run different offenses, so that's naturally going to happen. 
man, it just seems like Kansas was much more creative and ran so many more plays that just made you think as a defense. OU was just very monotonous and just, you know, we can run our vanilla plays, we can run our base run plays and probably squeak by in this game. But, man, they learned they couldn't, and they learned it's eventually going to hurt them. One last thing I want to get into, the special teams you alluded to earlier. On the Marcus Stripling dropped kick, that was a huge turning point in the game. And, Dave, I think Kansas obviously scouted that before the game and said, why on earth does OU have their backup defensive lineman at this position on the kickoff return? Let's do a pooch kick to him, and let's see what happens. And what happens? It bounces off his jersey, and Kansas is able to recover it and get an extra possession in that game. Dave, it's the little things like that. Scouting ahead, you know, really taking your scouting seriously. I think Kansas did that on Saturday. I'm not sure I can say the same about OU. Reeves, you're exactly right. That's a thousand percent coaching. I, I don't I don't really know what Oklahoma's game plan was Saturday, to be honest with you, both from an offensive and defensive standpoint. Uh, I think both units lacked identity. I'll say it for the third time. I think defense did do enough to win the game. So I'm not going to put the onus on them for what happens. Special teams, 1,000%. There is a problem in Norman with special teams. It's almost cost OU this year. It did cost them Saturday. Yeah, Leipold puts on the tape, says, wait a minute, that's a defensive end as one of the gunners, the guy before, the guy that catches it. Let's kick it to him and see what happens. Yeah, just like you said, and it bounces off him, and they get it. And ultimately, that extra possession wins in the game. So... I don't know, man. It, it was a, it was a mess of a game. Oklahoma just on talent alone almost pulled that out. Uh, probably did not deserve to, but they did enough to win the game. Didn't happen. Now they got to regroup fast because they got one of the better teams in the country on their own field Saturday. Yeah, man. This this lack of identity thing. I just if you point to one thing that the offense did well on Saturday, I mean, what even is it? <sighs> Tolly Walker during stretches, and that's about it, Dave. I mean, that is about it. I mean, a lot of just, you know, kind of random things they tried that really did not work out. You know, they're kind of force feeding Gavin Freeman for a stretch in that game. And Dave, both of us are very high on Freeman. He's going to be a good player. But some of those calls just did not make sense trying to get him to beat the edge on the short side, mm-hmm. just asking him to do too much. Another guy they asked to do too much, putting Jaleel Farouk at running back. Oh, oh, woof, woof, woof. I'm sorry. This team has four capable running backs. (laughs) And Marcus Major was out on Saturday. So, yeah, you move that list down to three. You know, say what you want about Smothers. He hasn't played this year, but everything I hear about him from the program is he's a hell of a player. Mm -hmm. And yet you throw Farouk back there at running back. And trust me, I liked the direct snap plays they were running to him in the Texas game and some other games. I get getting your best playmaker the ball. I get it. But just straight handing it off to him in 35-degree weather in the rain when he's not a running back. And then he fumbles in one of the most crucial drives on the game. I just don't think it's a coincidence that happened. I think that's bad coaching. Reeves, what you talked about, the direct snap against Texas, and when it's, you know, worked, they get him outside the tackle box. There are a reason running backs run between the tackles. They are built for it. Wide receivers, they're not. He takes the handoff. (laughs) I'm sitting at home. I tell the wife, uh, what are they doing? Why is he in the backfield running between the tackles? Sure enough, he gets pop thump. Look, I guess it's easy to to play uh, armchair quarterback because he fumbled, right? If he hadn't and and picks up a first down, we'd probably be sitting here talking about them undefeated. But 
because he did, it looks really stupid. And I have to say that that was when Walker was still healthy on the sideline. Uh, why aren't you feeding that guy the ball when you had success with it before? Look, just a mess of an offensive game, Reeves. A mess of a game in general for OU. Not well coached, not well prepared. Uh, did not play with an edge. Uh, certainly didn't act like they you know, felt they were the better team. Uh, I don't know, man. It's flat unmotivated, all the things that, that are crazy after being at practice this week and seeing how pissed off they were that they had the close call against UCF. There was an intensity, a focus. It obviously did not travel to Lawrence. Yeah, and I mean, even on TV, you could see in the first quarter, Keith Lawrence trying to inspire the defense, you know, really yelling at them and trying to motivate them, which I love that. I, you know, I love leadership anytime it's displayed on offense or defense, but you're right about coming out flat. It just it was not the right mentality they came out with. I mean, and Dave, it really felt like they were playing behind the eight ball the entire day. Mm -hmm. I mean, that pick six came so early in the game that you were already chasing points, you know. And OU was able to get a 21-14 lead to, you know, kind of settle the KU crowd down, settle the game down. But it felt like a lack of focus. It felt like they could not string four quarters together and – Man, this is not KU of the past. That's the thing, Dave. I've seen a lot of OU fans on Twitter saying it's it's never acceptable at OU to lose to KU. Never, ever. And sure, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, OU dominates KU in the past. That That's a tradition that all of the players should want to carry on. But I will say, Dave, this is not 10 years ago, Kansas. Not no. Close. No, it's not. Nick Leipold is building something right now. Great, he's great probably going to bounce but he's building something special. Great coach. What he's done is nothing short of remarkable, but I want to bounce back to, is what OU did after the 21-14 self-inflicted by being dumb and rotating offensive linemen after what you just saw worked and got you the lead? If that's the case, and there are massive questions for the staff, massive, because there's no excuse for that, Reeves. If you have five guys that just mash the ball down the field on two drives in a row for touchdowns, and you all of a sudden change it for the hell of it, then that's on you as a coach. Again, if there aren't injuries, if there are, everything I'm saying is out the window. But if that's self-inflicted, then there are, are questions to, to be asked and need to be asked. Yeah, and then you go back to coaching also, back-to-back -back weeks where Brent doesn't call a timeout on fourth down Yeah, and are able to score on both plays. Yeah. And it's just... There's a few coaching decisions you've just got to be a little quicker on. you got to be have your head in the game in those moments. And I have no doubt Brent is a locked-in coach and knows what's going on. But I will say, I think the moment just beat him a little bit in that. You know, maybe just overthinking, maybe counting the guys out on the field. And then, hey, man, there's, there's only a minute left in this game. Let's burn these timeouts. We're not saving them for anything. This is the game right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. You know, you want to save them in case Kansas kicks the field goal, so you've got time for your offense. But, on the other hand, if you stop them on fourth down, that field goal doesn't take place. So, yeah, call a timeout. Get your guys in the best spot to, to possibly stop a fourth and seven. There are just things from last year, bad habits, Reeves, starting to creep back in a little bit. Fourth down defense is one of them. Uh, third downs, Kansas had a very good day. I didn't see the final stats. Last I saw, though, they were like 9 of 13. So some things that we saw when, when things went bad in Norman last year are starting to creep back to where I say this staff has 
a very steep challenge this week to ensure and make sure what happened last year doesn't happen again. Uh-oh, did we lose Reeves? You've got to write... Sorry, I think I lost connection with you. Oh, but the, uh, you've got to write the ship right now because I'm telling you, the OU go- OU's goals are still ahead of them. Mm-hmm. They still control their own destiny for the Big 12. They still pretty much control their own destiny for the playoff. Now, some some crazy things could happen where a bunch of teams go undefeated and they could miss it. But let's be real. Before this season, if anyone said this AU team is going to have two losses, one loss, and go to a New Year's Six Bowl, I think you'd be pretty pleased. So the goals are still in front of you where you want them. It is frustrating, though, because you saw the potential on this team, and especially in the Texas game. Man, this is a team that could have gone undefeated, I really believe. Yeah. But too many things added up in that Kansas game for you for you to be able to win, man. And you just you kind of saw the bad habits just start to creep in these last few weeks. The UCF, a lot of those bad habits came out. You know, the fourth down conversions, the long third down conversions, the turnovers. Bad things just, you know, kind of showing their face. And this week it's like it really came out of the closet. You know, it really showed itself. And it was like, yeah, you can have a game this bad. And when they play this bad, they're going to lose. I mean, way too many turnovers, way too many coaching blunders. Penalties. Penalties, overthinking on offense, really just straight overthinking on offense. I mean, first of all, your Heisman-winning quarterback has has to throw the ball more than 20 times. It has to happen. I don't care if it's a blizzard outside. I don't care if we are in a Big Ten snow game. He has to throw it more than 20 times. And then two, all of the rotating, man. You've got to find some consistency somewhere. When you're flipping receivers, you're flipping running backs, you're flipping the linemen, every possession, there's just no rhythm that's being built at all. And I'm telling you, Dave, when you score two drives in a row, three drives in a row, you got to stick with what's working. Yes, You have to. So we're going to see if OU learns from their mistakes heading into Bedlam this week. I mean, Dave, this OSU defense, let's not go into the game too deep right now, but, you know, they rank with the USC's of the world in total defense. They're nothing impressive. Now, they'll turn you over from time to time, which is something to stay weary of if you're OU. But, I mean, I would say the defense is more – of a concern just matching up against OSU going into next week, especially if Danny Stutzman isn't able to go. You know, Ollie Gordon's a great running back. We'll see at practice tonight what they say on the injury front. But, you know, matchup-wise, it feels like the defense is the bigger concern. But I will say, watching the offense on Saturday, I know OSU's defense doesn't rank high, but, Dave, it scares me that those turnovers are going to continue to creep back in. Well, I mean, yeah, they don't rank very high. Neither does Kansas. I mean, people have scored against Kansas all year, man. It's not like they, they're world beaters, and they did enough to shut down Oklahoma to, to win the game. So, no, there, there are issues on both sides of the ball. Uh, I'm with you that defense is a lesser issue if they have the bodies. If they've got all the guys healthy, uh, I like the matchup. Yes, Ollie Gordon's very good, but I think Oklahoma has the personnel in the front seven to at least slow that down and make Bowman beat them. Uh, so, yeah, I, I kind of like that matchup if they're healthy. Now, on offense... You know, Oklahoma State runs a 3-3-5 set, which can be very tough against the run. They have not been because they don't have the personnel to run it. So that's where you need a running game, Reeves. That's where you need uh, an offensive line that has rhythm and cohesiveness and have played together and know what to do together. 
They don't have that because they sub it out every single series. What about the running backs? No idea. Well, we'll find out about Walker today or tomorrow, I guess. But I don't know, man. Barnes, Sawchuck, uh, Smothers. you got to get a run game, Reeves. That's the entire premise of this offense is the rushing attack. They have not had a consistent one all year. You and I have said it. Eventually, it would bite them in the ass, and it did Saturday. Uh, they, they have to find a run game. But anyway, get, getting all excited. We're going to have so much more this week, y'all. Uh, this is just a quick rapid-fire recap of the Oklahoma-Kansas debacle in Lawrence. But uh, we're going to be back with you guys tomorrow in studio for the DNR College Football Report. That's going to do it for now, though. That's Reeves Mitchell, Dave Myrick, uh, through 107.7 The Franchise. We will talk to you guys later.